on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk. I am your host, Andrew Wright, and over in his bedroom, quarantine, quarantining like a beast, is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, just getting by. Um, got some news, though, that uh, Fresno is supposed to be opening up Monday, I think, and a couple of uh, businesses have been added to Essentials. Yeah. Which uh-huh. I'm a little mixed feelings about, but, you know, that's a... Another topic for another day, I suppose. <laughs> that might be a topic for like two bays or something. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm with you. There's there's a couple of mixed feelings on that. Yeah. I mean, it's nice, but uh, also it is sometimes it kind of feels like it's a little fast, you know? Yes. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Bored- we'll see. Bored- I mean, boredom is sitting in and people are like freaking out, and uh, <laughs> this is the wrong time to do- be doing it, folks. But, yeah, uh, for sure. You know, hey, whatever. Whatever. Way. We're going to get to go places, which will be kind of nice. All right, so enough of that talk. This is not why we go on here. We go on here because we have sports talk. So as we talked about last week, we had our NFL draft recap, Cody. Um, And I think our draft, our mock draft, and then our draft recap went really well. Uh, We kind of told you how we felt about the picks and all that. Uh, but in between, or um, before we were doing the NFL draft, we were doing our top 10 quarterbacks. We did our top 10 running backs. We did our top 10 receivers. Mm-hmm. Then we had the draft and the draft recap. So today we are going to continue our top 10, and it's going to be the top 10 tight ends, which getting closer to the end was a little bit harder to mm-hmm. kind of sift through who you think is going to be a little bit better. But um you know, I think we're going to have some uh, good debate and talk. And so, Cody, without further ado, let's get going, man. All right, Cody. So we are going into the top 10 tight ends. Um, we have the same number one. Yep. Right. Okay. So and then I think after that, uh, nothing is the same. No, after <laughs> that, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> So, uh, well, Cody, uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, why don't you start with your number one? Okay. So, um, my number one and also your number one tight end is Travis hey, Kelsey. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Just foreshadowing is, uh, Travis Kelsey of the Kansas city chiefs. I think it's no surprise here. One of the reasons why I have him number one is one is quarterback is the best in the league right now. Uh, and also, too, is his number one go-to target. A lot of people will argue that it is uh, Tyreek Hill, and I say absolutely not. It's Travis Kelsey, and you can see it um, with the production Kelsey is putting up. It almost mirrors Hill himself. Um, and also, Kelsey's been doing this even before Patrick Mahomes. He was doing this with Alex Smith. So Travis Kelsey, in my opinion, that's the reason why he's the number one tight end. His production is always there. He's got great hands. He's he's a mismatch in the secondary. He's He's – too fast for linebackers but he's too big for the corners so you know to match up with him and he's got really good hands even when Mahomes tries to fit it in a tight window you know Kelsey's really good about being there putting his body on the line and and securing the catch so it's really hard for me to argue anybody better uh as the number one pick than Travis Kelsey so that's why I have him as number one yeah I I I agree I have Travis Kelsey as number one um just kind of like what you said. I mean, I'm I'm probably not going to go too in depth here. Yeah, he's got the best quarterback, but like you said, he he's been doing it before he had Mahomes. He was still uh, he was the reliable target for Alex Smith. Then Mahomes came in and was like, well, you know, it was we're really working for Smith, and they were still getting to the playoffs. Why would I change that? So 
you got to give it to Mahomes for, uh, you know, being smart about that and um, continuing that trend, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think Travis Kelsey has got one of the best hands of a tight end. But what I think is very underrated for him is he knows where to go when wherever the coverage is showing. So if it's a zone, he knows where the soft part of the zone is where he can go and, you know, catch that ball. Uh, if it's man-to-man, he knows the positioning he needs against his man to be able to have Mahomes throw that ball. So uh, Travis Kelsey is very good and very smart. I think that's a very underrated part of his game. Um, so with Kelsey, he's not going to be the best blocking tight end. Um, he's not the biggest. Like you said, he's not super fast, but he does have a little bit of speed. Um, but I think what they use him for, honestly, I see Travis Kelsey continuing this, you know, this dominant trend, but as he gets older, I feel like he's going to continue to be like a Jason Witten, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a guy who's all reliable, who's still going to have hands. He may not be the fastest anymore. He's not going to be, you know, making those, you know, 10 yard posts or whatever it may be, but right. he will still be the guy, uh, the go-to guy. So uh, for me, Travis Kelsey Easily number one for me. All right, Cody. So um, let's get your number two. So number two, I've got George Kittle of the 49ers. This kind of breaks my heart to put him so high because it is the 49ers. But um, <laughs> we have we have enemy at number one and enemy at number, number two. two. <laughs> yes, it doesn't get any better than this. So um, I've got George Kittle because, uh, you know, obviously there was reports last season that he was playing with major injuries and still producing super high numbers. Um, you know, he was uh, catching passes from not only um, Jimmy Garoppolo, but also to the quarterback prior to him who, gosh, I want to say his name Nate is Nate like, Mullins. Yes, him. And then there was one other guy, C.J. Beathard. Yes. Um, And, uh, you know, he was catching passes from all three of those quarterbacks, producing really high. And um, honestly, too, he's really underrated with his hands. And he's uh, very Mm -hmm. similar to Kelsey, where he's very fast. Obviously, he's hard to cover. But again, it's just his toughness. He's a very good blocking tight end. In fact, he's better than average, um, which says a lot because when the defense sees him on the field, they have, they, you know, it's really hard for them to anticipate whether it's going to be a run or a pass because. He can do either or, and then when he slips behind the defense, you know, he can catch almost any pass that comes his way. Um, I think him and Jimmy Garoppolo have a really fantastic relationship, and in the new season coming up, it's only going to get better. Yeah, I, you know, I I like the pick. I like uh, George Kittle a lot, but for me, number two is, is going to be Zach Ertz for me. Um, Zach Ertz has been doing it for a long time. He's another one of those guys who's very reliable, Um, I think last year he had a down year because a lot of it was um, the the defenses knew that they needed to double team him. And who else did the Eagles have to throw to? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's why Dallas Goddard had such a huge year last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Huge being bigger numbers than a lot of tight ends. And he's the number two tight end in in the Eagles. So, you know... But still, Zacherts still had the you know had the had majority of the catches. He had majority of the yards, um, and he had some. He had six touchdowns to actually kind of surprise me when I saw that. Yeah. that he had six, and Goddard actually had eight. So um, you know, you're the tight ends are obviously huge with Philadelphia. 
Um, but uh, Zach Ertz, I'll just I'll never forget when he was coming out of Stanford, going into the NFL draft. Um, they did the the ESPN science thing, mm-hmm. and this is actually what sold me on him. And I always have watched him ever since, and he's only gotten better since. Was they were trying to time the reaction that he has where you cannot see the ball. So there's basically like a wall mm-hmm. and he's, he's running like a post and at the five yards, he's cutting. And at mm-hmm. that five yards, that's where that wall is. So he, he makes the cut and then the ball is, is released and mm-hmm. he cannot see it until it gets over that wall. Oh wow. And his reaction time was the best of anyone in the draft. And at that time, um, in the NFL. And it was like, holy crap, this guy is, how do you have that reaction time? Mm-hmm. And so ever since then, I've always been sold on Zach Ertz and he has not disappointed. He has been a phenomenal player to me. He's like another Travis Kelsey. He's not a great blocker, mm-hmm. um, but you know what he can do is he finds the, the soft uh, part of the zone. He knows how to position himself to make the catches it's just it's harder as for a tight end when you're double teamed mm-hmm. uh, because you're not faster like the receivers are. Receivers yeah. sometimes when they're double teamed, you can get away with some of your speed mm-hmm. um, or you know your your quick cuts. As a tight end, you don't really have that luxury mm-hmm. uh, because you're a little you're a little bit heavier, you're a little bit bulkier. So for me, Zach Ertz is number two, uh, but it was a close it was close for me with George Kittle. Got it. All right, so moving on to number three, Drew, who do you have as your number three tight end? Well, I pretty much gave it away. Uh, George Kittle's my number three. Um, you know, I, I liked him. Yes, exactly what he, what you talked about. He had C.J. Beathard, and he was he was good. And then he had Nate Mullins, who was their third-string quarterback, mm-hmm. and he was still good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Kittle was actually the bright spot. And I actually remember that year um, because um, – I picked up Kittle in uh, free agency in fantasy football mm-hmm. and he was phenomenal. I was, I was like, man, I'm so glad I got this guy. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, but George Kittle, he is, he's an aggressive tight end, which I think is great, but I do fear that that is going to, it's going to be like another Gronk situation. Now it's going to be a little different because obviously Gronk came into the league and he already was having injuries. And that's why he wasn't, you know, that, you know, that top tight end or top pick, you know, cause he could have been if he didn't have injuries mm-hmm. with Kittle, he really hasn't had that. He's, he's a, he's a big, strong guy. He likes to play aggressive, but I feel like if he, if he doesn't get out of that, he will eventually have issues. When you look at Travis Kelsey and you look at Zach Ertz, those are guys who, they're not going to shy away from the contact, but when they know that there's no way they're going to, they're going to get out of this, mm-hmm. they fall on the ground. They get down so they're not injuring themselves. When you see with Kittle, he tries every single time to, and I'm not saying that's bad, but what I'm saying is that makes me worried. That's not why I have him third, though. Honestly, I just like Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz more, and I think they're more important to their team. Now, you can make a you can make a case for George Kittle, but a lot of the talk is the Niners and they need to get a receiver. They need to get a receiver. And who were the who were the big time players? You know, Emmanuel Sanders, when he came, that really helped, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with Zach Ertz, you look at that and really there was no receivers and he still almost had a thousand yards. I mean he was uh, he was what is it, eight eighty five yards short. So yeah. I mean I guess not almost, but it was pretty close. I mean, 
you could get that in one other game. Yeah. Um, and Kelsey, you know, yes, it helps that you have Tyreek Hill and, and Patrick Mahomes, of course, but um, Kelsey has always been that guy, and so is Zach Ertz. So with George Kittle, I'd like to see um, – I think I want to see a little more product productivity. I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm just saying before I put him in the top two, uh, I want to see a little bit more. Again, I, I'm not. It's honestly split in hairs. You having Kittle too, I have no problem with, mm-hmm. because it's easily an argument of for me, Ertz or Kittle, and yeah. I just like Ertz better. So Kittle for me is is my number three. Yep. All right, so my number three tight end is uh, probably a shocker, but again, my ranking is based off of the upcoming season, and I'm not saying that he is the most talented or he is the best overall. Like, for example, I would argue Travis Kelsey is the best athletic um, all-around tight end. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, I would argue that. This player where I have him ranking, I'm not ranking him this high because I think he's better than everybody else. I'm just saying in terms of production, what he'll do is why I have him up here. And I've got Rob Gronkowski at number three because of his relationship with Tom Brady. Bruce Arians is an offensive mind. He is going to find a way to get Gronk and Tom Brady the ball. They have the most chemistry on the team right now. Um, I really think that when they brought in Gronk, it's really going to kind of push out OJ Howard and Cameron Brait. Um, I don't see all three of them being on the roster. Um, that just seems like too much, too much talent on the tight end side to be, you know, having one of them sit on the bench. Um, and I think, you know, Rob Gronkowski is going to, I don't think he's going to play every snap of course, but he's going to be the most effective when he is there. And again, he's had a year off of football. Now he's had a chance to recover. Bruce Arians is going to come up with some plays for him to get open in spaces. And he's got to, he's got to deliver when needed. Um, and again, with Tom Brady's relationship with him, that's not going to be, you know, you can't look past that in terms of like when it's time to get the ball to a player in crunch time, who's he going to rely on? He doesn't really have a relationship with Mike Evans yet. Same thing with Godwin. Um, you can't really say too much about Howard because apparently he's in the doghouse. He was on the chopping block just two weeks ago. I think they just re-signed him. Okay, OJ Howard. Yeah. But he was on the trading block for you know two weeks before yeah. that, and then they they signed Gronkowski. And you and I, when we were doing our wide receivers, we factored in OJ Howard as a big weapon before Gronkowski was brought into town. So now you bring in Gronkowski. So what does that say now for OJ Howard or for Cameron Brait? Um, so again, that's why my argument for, um, Gronkowski is so high. Again, he's not like how he was five seasons ago where he was all world elite, you know, literally in fantasy football, first round draft pick, but he's someone that you have to, you, you just can't ignore his chemistry and what he's going to do with Tom Brady. Now that he's on the team with, uh, with Tom and the Buccaneers. I have no issue with you having him in your top 10, but I have an issue with you having him as your top three. (laughs) Listen, he had a year off and yes, he is a lot. You can make the argument. He's a lot thinner, which is good Mm -hmm. for his injury wise, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that he's going to be as strong. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think he might have the catches. I think you're absolutely right. But the other issue is you, you kind of went over a little bit, but you were just like, Uh, well, you know, he's not going to be out there all the time. No, he's not. You know, as of right now, Cameron Brait and OJ Howard, for all we know, are way ahead of Rob Gronkowski on the depth chart Mm -hmm. and on the plays chart. 
Mm-hmm. He's. I think the only reason he went there is to be the safety net for Tom Brady when they need the safety net. I don't see. I don't see Gronk being that effective. Now, I think he'll still be. I think later in the year, he's going to get more and more snaps. So I'll give you that. But he's not going to be the old Gronk. He's he's going to be. He's still going to have hands. But what made Gronk so good was he was George Kittle like, where he would just mash over people he's not going to do that anymore Mm -hmm. really i think he's just going to be the target guy and i mean i don't mean to make you feel bad you you got the sad eyes right now if you guys can see he's he looks sad it's okay but i'm just saying talk about it right now listen (laughs) i i have spoiler alert i have gronk in my top 10 but having him over Ertz to me is absolutely insane having him over darren waller to me is insane. And so I, I don't know. I, I don't mean to, to crap on you, but I just, I think you have high expectations for Gronk. Mm -hmm. And I think you're trying to say, you're trying to tell yourself, you know, I'm not, I'm not that high, but I just think, you know, but let's be honest. Brady is smart. He knows that Gronk is not going to be the same Gronk. And he knows he has Mike Evans. He knows he has Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. He knows he has, uh, you know, these running backs behind him. He, know, he knows he has O.J. Howard mm-hmm. and Cameron Braid. So I don't think, I don't think he's going to have the production that he, that he had in New England because you look at all the surrounding factors, and that's why Brady left was – there was nothing around him other than Gronk and Edelman. Mm-hmm. He had nothing to work with. And then when Gronk left, all we saw was Edelman and a lot of running back dump-offs, you know? So Brady is probably itching to get it out to those receivers. So I really don't think Gronk is going to be as productive as, as you think. So uh, that's my argument for that. Sorry, but uh, it's a bad it's a bad pick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, whatever you say. <laughs> Come on, we gotta we gotta have some we're gonna have some oh, turmoil. This here. list isn't over, so I mean we're <laughs> it's coming. You've already made reference to where I put Earth, so <laughs> all right. So uh Cody, what is your number four? Please don't say Gronk Gronk I man, I can't talk now. I'm so I'm so flustered. Um number four, I have Mark Andrews of Baltimore. Honestly, his chemistry with Lamar Jackson is going to just continue to develop uh, going into the next season, in my opinion. And uh, in my opinion, like Baltimore is going to be jockeying for position with KC on AFC favorites. Um, I don't really see any other team in the AFC that's really going to make a huge challenge to the Chiefs other than Baltimore because of Lamar Jackson. the way that their coaching is done where they, they more or less play the analytical game where they'll go for it on fourth downs or two point conversions rather than punting the ball, like old school football. Um, and I just think Andrews, he was so he fit in so well with Lamar Jackson in his game. And I think it's only going to improve in the, in this upcoming season, especially as Lamar continues to develop as a passer and he's going to start, re, you know, relying even more with Mark Andrews to, you know, for the bailout passes and Andrews has got some speed on him. And he's got some really good hands and he knows how to get into, into like the zones and find the spacing to, you know, to be able to get Lamar to give him the ball. And he's a pretty good blocking tight end considering, you know, not only did Lamar Jackson have a pretty good rushing year, but so did Mark Ingram on essentially Mark Ingram was a backup running back because Lamar Jackson was handling almost all the carries primarily. 
but I really do think that Mark Andrews is going to make himself, um, you know, one of the top tight ends in this season, uh, in the league coming up in this season because of his relationship and, again, that offense with uh, the Ravens. I see where you where you went. Um, you know, he was the leader in, in touchdowns uh, via tight ends. So I see that point. My issue is simply this. He had 852 yards, which is great. I mean, that's awesome. But he only had 64 catches. And that's seventh in the NFL at a tight end. Still not bad, mm-hmm. but it's one more than Jason Witten. And it's... Um, Sorry, I'm trying to do math right now. Uh, <laughs> six more than Dallas Goddard, who is the backup tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I guess you could argue the number two option. He was pretty much the number one option for Baltimore. So that's what scares me is he had a lot of yards. He had a lot of highlight plays where he's wide open. Mm-hmm. Now, you could argue, of course, that some of that could be him. That You know, he's fooling the defense. But a lot of it was design plays. Mm-hmm. His him just running the route and the defense folding on Lamar Jackson. I don't see that happening again. I think people in defenses are going to realize. Listen, Jackson still wants to throw first, which is good. That's what you want in a quarterback. And I believe he was, you know, in both of ours, both of our number two. I believe I'll have to. Yeah. No, he was. Or actually. I think I had him number three because I had Wilson at number two, I want to say. Oh, you're right. I think we were number three. But either way, yeah. he was in the top three. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson is bad. So I don't want that to – I don't want people to think that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is with Mark Andrews, he was open a lot. And I think it was more of the defense honing in on Jackson versus Mark Andrews doing what? doing, you know, something spectacular. Mm -hmm. He had 16 20-plus yard plays. That is the most, tied for the most, in the NFL, second to George Kittle. And we know what Kittle could do. Kittle was the guy who, you know, would just break a ton of tackles. You don't see that with Mark Andrews. With Mark Andrews, you see him wide open, you know, just running down the field, the safety, you know, going towards, you know, Hollywood Brown or, thinking that Lamar Jackson is is going to be uh, running. So for me, it's hard for me to say Mark Andrews is uh, top five because I feel like it was a lot more of Lamar Jackson, and that's why he did this. And I want to see more from Mark Andrews. I want to see him find the, find the soft, soft, soft spot. Man, it is hard to talk today. <laughs> soft spot um, in the zone. And I want to see him more position himself where he is going to be the only guy who to make the catch. Now, he had a few catches. I'm not saying he, he's a terrible guy. Mm-hmm. He, like I said, he was seventh in the NFL in uh, receptions um, with the talking about tight ends, seventh tight end. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and I believe, let's see. He was number one amongst tight ends in terms of receiving touchdowns because he had 10 yeah. overall. So. He can Fifth find the end zone. Receiving yards. Yeah, he can so, find the end zone. Yeah. So, I mean, that is good. But for me, I think there's a lot more talented tight ends. I think he's just – he got onto a team that is um, is really good, and he's just a product of that team being good. Versus when I look at like Travis Kelsey or I look at a George Kittle or I look at a Zach Ertz or even – I would even argue with, with Gronk. You could – 
you could see how these guys would still be successful no matter what. And for me, with Mark Andrews, I don't really see that yet. Mm-hmm. So that's why. And I'll, again, another spoiler: he's he's in my top ten, but I I I can't put him in my top five. That's that's my argument for it. You're pooing on him because he has a good quarterback and he it's too easy for him to get the ball. Yes, and he's not he's not going to do that again. You know that defenses are going to you know defenses are going to figure out. Okay, we have to guard him because otherwise Jackson's going to him every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that. Yeah, but I'm also saying that defensive defenses may scheme around trying to stop that, but that doesn't mean they will because again, with Jackson being such a such a dual threat, um, and now he's got a new receiving weapon, and he's gonna ha- he has uh, Hollywood Brown in there for an additional year. So yeah, there's tape on all these guys, but they're such an explosive offense, very similar to the Chiefs. Everybody had about a year to two years of tapes on the Chiefs, and yet nobody can still stop them because their offense is so explosive. So I, I'm not disagreeing with you that defenses may make it a little harder for Andrews or Hollywood Brown or Lamar Jackson, but I'm saying is I don't think that they'll be able to stop them because there's too many weapons to halt, and they're not going to be able to do it. The, the defense is going to be too stretched out to either give up the run, they're going to give up a pass over the top, they're going to give up some sort of short route pass to you know the tight end, or Lamar Jackson's gonna, just going to run it. They're just they have too many weapons that to hold down. It's not like it's not like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers where you have Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams and you stop those two and then you can turn them into kind of like an average offense. Mm-hmm. They, have too much, they have too much firepower to just turn into an average offense. That's why I'm saying like Andrews, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of tape on him now, but it's stopping that offense is the, is the key. You know what I mean? See, that's where I would disagree though is because I don't think their offense is that good. I think, no, I think the defenses saw this year that Hollywood Brown is not that scary. And I think they understand that Ingram is good when he's not being used all the time. Mm-hmm. So with Lamar Jackson, I'm not saying he's not going to be able to get it, but I want to see if they can come into this year and still scheme where Mark Andrews can be open or maybe Mark Andrews makes some some better plays and really starts showing what kind of receiver he is. I haven't seen him do much from the receiver standpoint. That's my argument. It's not that I don't think he's good. I just think it's more scheme. Mm-hmm. And you're using the Chiefs as an example, but we had just talked about Travis Kelsey is not a product of the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey is a product of him being good. Mm-hmm. You look at George Kittle. He was on a crappy 49ers team. He was still dominating. You look at Zach Ertz. He's still dominating with Wentz or without Wentz. He was still doing a great job. So that's my argument with, uh, with Mark Andrews. So... We're going to have to table this because we're going to spend all show arguing this. So <laughs> go ahead. And um, I did my number four, right? So have you yeah. done your number four? Yet? Yeah. Where the hell are we? <laughs> yeah. So I think um, we're on number four. Gosh, we're only on number four. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, you got to stop making these bad picks, man. And I can, I can just keep it. <laughs> What's um, your number four? All right. Number four for me is from the only Las Vegas Raiders, Darren Waller. This guy has an incredible story, but what I love about this guy the most is he is super, super athletic. And you could argue the same that I was arguing for Mark Andrews. It's only, it's really only been one year, but Darren Waller really showed that he has hands. Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of throws that Carr had to make that he just kind of lobbed up there for Waller. 
Mm-hmm. And Waller brought him down every time. And the scary thing is, the you you look at him, just the way he stands, and you're just like, oh, that's a wide receiver. Definitely a wide receiver. But when you look at the way he plays, he does not shy away from that contact. But the good thing about Waller is, just like what I was talking about with Kelsey and Ertz, is he knows when to go down. I'm not going to win this. I'm just going to go down, so I'm not getting injured. Mm-hmm. This guy is in the right state of mind. I think he hit his prime, and he has run with it. And I think he's in a great spot with the Raiders. The Raiders needed a tight end. Yes, we had Foster Moreau, who was who was fantastic in the red zone. Um, but and then apparently now we we signed Jason Witten for God knows why. But um, locker room presence. It's for a locker room presence. <laughs> exactly. Maybe to become a coach one time. Um, <laughs> but uh, Darren Waller for me. He showed what he can do, and he's quick. He's fast. That's what's scary, too, is I think he's probably... Sorry, I'm trying to look at all the... So I'm not making this, you know, blunt statement, but I think he's the fastest tight end in the NFL. I I, I honestly think so. I think he's definitely faster than Kelsey, Kittle, uh, Ertz, Andrews, Hooper, Higby, Cook, Henry, Goddard, Definitely faster than Olsen. Um, I'm not seeing anyone else I think could beat him. And maybe you yeah. make the argument that so, Evan Ingram is faster than him, but when he's on the no. field. No. Okay. Hey, if you I don't want to listen to the voice that. of reason. <laughs> no, I, I just think Darren Waller, and, and he's a big guy. He, he's not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying big as in, like, you know, he's super muscular. I mean, he is, but he's tall. And I think that's what adds to how good he is. The crazy thing is he had over a thousand yards, only three touchdowns because in the red zone, everyone's like, good God, this guy got him over there. They're going to definitely go to him. And that's why Carr was going everywhere else. That's why they went to Foster Moreau because everyone was like, okay, we (laughs) definitely have to watch Wall. Oh shoot. The other tight end. Dang it. Right. So, uh, you know, that one's for you Raider nation. Number four. All right. So, Cody, number five. Number I have five. a feeling I'm going to disagree with this one, too. I mean, you haven't agreed on anything on my list other than Kelsey. So, um, and, and Kittle. I gave you Kittle. Eh, barely. Anyway, so number five on my list is Zach Ertz of uh, Philadelphia. And uh, I know he's really high on your list. I mean, gosh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm still a little shocked that you put him over Kittle just because, you know, Kittle's team was better. Um, but uh you know team well i mean this is a team sport mm-hmm. um but uh you know in my opinion ertz is a honestly one of the best most talented tight ends that we've seen in a really long time no doubt about that no argument my mm-hmm. thing is um is more or less of the team that he's with cuz i really do think that a lot of these tight ends we keep making this argument about these tight ends and their talent and stuff but there's one linchpin in either your argument or my argument, whether we're agreeing with said pick because of either a scheme or, you know, uh, you know, where they are in the depth chart or whatnot is basically is the focal point of the team. Um, one of the things I'm concerned with in Philadelphia is because their team was banged up all last year and yeah, they went to Ertz, which is not the penalty I have for him. I just think that for this upcoming year, because they have Dallas Goddard coming in and kind of, you know, backing up Ertz, um, you know, that's targets, that's catches, that's going to be taken away. Um, 
you know, and in my opinion, the other four I have ahead of Ertz are not better in terms of talent. In my opinion, they're just going to be, they're just going to have a better season because of their team that they have set up with them. Now, the Eagles did make a lot of good moves. Um, they drafted a questionable uh, wide receiver. Um, <laughs> and But they did get, um, uh, I think his name is uh, Marquise Goodwin. Is that right? From 49ers, the speedster. I think that's his uh, name. He was, the, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. the former Marquise. Olympic track runner. Yeah, Marquise, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anyways, they have him, so that's going to really make a difference. You know, a lot of this is going to change, too, if uh, Deshaun Jackson comes back healthy, and that way they're not relying on Ertz. Because I really do think that if, if you make the, your offense, you know, one-dimensional where they know you're going to Ertz, you're not going to be productive. Mm-hmm. We can both agree on that. And yeah. again, I'm not saying that Ertz is not super talented. I'm not saying that you put him on any team, he makes them absolutely better. But what I am saying is this Eagles team as a whole – is essentially going to hamper how good he's going to be because, again, you know, the Eagles team now is all brand new, and so this defense is going to focus in on those new people, and they're going to shut down Ertz, and Wentz is now going to have to do it on his own. So he's in your top 10. He's going to have to be a top 10 quarterback. I just think that this is going to diminish Ertz and his value a little bit just because of all the focus that's going to be on him. And, you know, this team is basically starting almost everybody on offense, essentially fresh or brand new. So it's a whole different system. It's a whole different deal. I find it odd that I'm still continuing to argue that Carson Wentz is a top 10 quarterback going into next year, but we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sidetrack on that one, but (laughs) Oh, I'll update it. I'll say he is. I'll say he is top ten now because of the moves. No, <laughs> no, no, you cannot. You Fine. cannot. Tan- Tannehill no. at number ten. No, because Tan- you fight me so hard at Tan- <laughs> Tannehill. No, Tannehill you gotta- at number ten. I'll stick, the it. I'll stick the- there. <laughs> you, do, you do not believe in that. You know it. Um, listen, I I understand that. Uh, what part of you know the team? does matter yes because if the chiefs were bad and travis kelsey was still putting up these numbers i mean we'd still be saying i think we could argue that kelsey is still one of the best tight ends and that's my argument is yes the team does matter and the quarterback does matter you have to factor in that but we also are focusing on what position the tight end position and so that's my argument is that's why Zach Ertz for me is number two, because despite the fact that he had been double teamed and really had to be um, a focal point for defenses, he still had, um, he was still third in catches and receptions by tight ends. And he was uh, fourth in receiving yards with tight ends. So, even him being double teamed and all that, he's still showing you what he can do. So that's my argument with Ertz. That's why he, for me, is number two. Um, that's why I have a problem with him being you having him at number five and having Gronk over him. I still. I'm that's my list. I'll do whatever baffled. I want with it. No, you cannot do whatever. <laughs> Wrong. Also, too, though, let's just all let's give a full disclosure though. You do have somewhat of a love affair with Zach Ertz because. Literally every single draft in fantasy football, you pick him up the first moment you get. 
every god. I've only had him one year because around. everyone always picks him over me. So I, but I always am going after him. You are correct. Yes. Yes, but because he is so good, that's. Okay, Again, gonna, I think you're. You on. think I'm. You think I'm arguing you that he's not a good tight end, and I'm not. I'm. No, I, I know am, you have him in your top five, and I know what you're saying with your top five. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's great, but the fact for me, it's absolutely nuts to have uh, Gronk over him, and I honestly think it's absolutely nuts to have Mark Andrews over him. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking at with Mark Andrews and Gronk the team that they're on. Correct. Which I get, and I you have to factor that in, mm-hmm. no question. But also, you do have to look at the quarterback. Yes, you have Tom Brady, but he's a little bit older. You look at Gronk; he's been out for a year. Mm-hmm. You look at Mark Andrews. Yes, Lamar Jackson is good. What else can what else does Mark Andrews do besides just run the routes and be open? Mm-hmm. That's my issue. That's why it was with Ertz, even though. The Eagles were not that great. They still did make it to the playoffs mm-hmm. with no receivers other than him and Goddard and Wentz being out in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they okay. still almost had a chance over the Seahawks. Got it. Okay, so did you have Tom <laughs> Brady or Carson Wentz? Who did you have ranked higher, Tom Brady or Carson Wentz? I had Tom Brady. Okay, who did you have ranked higher, Lamar Jackson or Carson Wentz? Did, who do I? I'm sorry, what? Who did you have ranked higher, Lamar Jackson or Carson Wentz? Lamar Jackson. Okay, thanks. Yeah. But we're looking at the tight end position. I'm not looking at the quarterback position. You don't think that makes sense? You have to factor it in, yes. But look at the production that Zach Ertz did over Gronk or over, um, who was your number four? Andrews. Who was number one in tight ends in touchdowns and only had it, only did it Yes, because he's wide open. Because he's wide open. You're going to dock him. Because and Ertz is double covered every time. Well, that's not. That's so not that's Andrews why Ertz is the better tight end. No, it's not. It's not Andrews' fault. But that's why Ertz is the better tight end because even though he's double covered, he's still getting all this production. With Mark Andrews, he's wide open. It's kind of hard not to have ten touchdowns. I get your point. I just like screwing with you. I know you do, and it's <laughs> pissing me off. All right, number five. Go ahead. <laughs> And see, I think you're going to have an issue with this one. I have Greg Olson. Oh, my God. Um, why? <laughs> Greg Olson is, has been super productive with Carolina. Now, yes, he has the injury history. We can make the argument that Gronk has the injury history, so we have no idea what to see with that. I think Gronk um, has been on, literally been on the field more than Olson, and Gronk was out for a whole year. Well, yeah, because... Um, uh, Olson did have uh, an he did have a major uh, injury where he was out for a year, too. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised about that. But Greg Olson, yes, he's old and he, you know, he wants to uh, probably go into uh, broadcasting because he's but, really yeah, the good broadcasting. At that. Good Lord. Yeah. Fantastic actually, he is. At that. That's why he's number five. No, <laughs> <laughs> you have to factor it in, Cody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> His broadcasting skills. Um, no, but I, I really always like Greg Olson. He's got phenomenal hands. Um, when he's on the field, he is such a threat. I mean, you look at him and you're like, he, how can he be a threat? He's not fast. He's not the greatest route runner. But again, he's one of the smart tight ends. He knows where to go 
where wherever the defense is letting him, and he's going to go there, and he's going to he's going to know how to catch that ball. And see, I factored in what team he was in and what quarterback he has. And with Russell Wilson, we saw a guy. I can't even remember his name right now. I had him on my fantasy team. Will Disley. Yes, he screwed Will me Disley, over. <laughs> Will Disley was, um, I think he actually played uh, defensive end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was right, in his college. Then he goes to the Seahawks. They put him at tight end. And not only was he, at the time, was a, one of the top, 10 tight ends in the game but he was he was like the touchdown guy in seattle yes of course he got injured but so that's what i have to look at with tyler lockett he had a phenomenal year you got to give it to him Mm -hmm. so i think you have to keep uh defenses have to watch tyler lockett and obviously too uh with um what's his name oh man i'm blanking the the rookie um Oh, D- DK Metcalf? DK Metcalf, yes. I wanted to see DJ, and I was like, what? No, it's mm-hmm. not DJ. Yes, DK Metcalf. He, I mean, he wasn't phenomenal, but he was good when they needed him to. So uh, there's a lot of weapons around that, so I do feel like Greg Olson will benefit from that, and I do think with Russell Wilson, um, Greg Olson will, will, will do a good job. Now, I do think, though, that they are going to miss a lot of blocking because Greg Olson, he used to be a really good blocking tight end, Mm-hmm. But obviously, as he's gotten older, he's kind of slowing down on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I think he's kind of like doing the LeBron James where I'm not going to play defense on this game. On this he's like, <laughs> he's oh, going I'm not really going to block. I mean, I'll I'll be in front of the guy, but I'm not really going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, with Greg Olson, though, he still, you know, he was close. Uh, let's see. Before I say anything, I need to click on the uh on the stat sheet there so he had 52 catches yeah so he was just outside yards. he, he was just outside him. of the top 10 in in catches he had 597 receiving yards and he would, did not play all year so still for me i mean he's still a he i'll, I'll say it, he's a great tight end Mm-hmm. Um, his issue is he gets injured a lot. But mm-hmm. if we're talking about going into this year and I'm just assuming that everyone's going to be healthy, I feel um, that uh, Greg Olson is my number five. Now, I know you have an issue with that. So what's your number five and well, your you, issue? Well, my issue with it is, again, his availability to be on the field is not quite there. So, you know, I – I'll understand your argument with Zach Ertz. I'll even understand it with Mark Andrews. And I know that you like Greg Olson, but I just feel like Greg Olson's, his injury history is going to catch up with him. Uh, the One of the things that the Seattle Seahawks really need is a blocking tight end, and they did not get them did not get that. They got a pass-catching tight end, which nothing wrong with that. Another weapon for Wilson, he's going to need all the help he can get because he's usually running for his life because sometimes the offensive line <laughs> fails him. So he's going to need that. But you get him Greg Olson, who's we can arguably say going to be turning into Jason Witten probably this year, where he is oh, one definitely. of the slowest on the field. Granted, he's still going to have the hands. He's still going to come up big when needed. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, he sneezes and he's out for six weeks. You know, um, that's just one of the things I get concerned with. His time in Carolina was great. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was a great tight end. There's a lot of great, you know, highlights of him and great stats from games that he had phenomenal 
um, performances, but you know, a lot of the things that's more daunting is the games that he didn't play or he wasn't available. And some of them are crucial. Like he missed two big games for um, Carolina kind of late in the season. And, you know, depending on where they were and, you know, wild card, it could have made the difference, but he wasn't available because of injury, you know, and two seasons ago when he had Cam Newton, he had a pretty bad injury where he was gone nearly the entire year with a foot injury. So I just think that, you know, I'm not again, disputing his talent, but again, the injuries are going to catch up to him. He's not nearly as fast as he used to be, which means that he's probably going to run routes a lot harder than he normally does. So it's going to give the defense an opportunity to kind of catch up with him or, you know, they're going to bump him off the line and he's going to have a hard time recovering. I mean, I imagine he's a lot more talented than that, of course, but his age is getting up there. The injuries are getting there and, you know, his availability, it's questionable. So I, <laughs> I mean, he's my honorable mention, but I, I don't think I can have him in my top 10, not, not for the upcoming year. See, just, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll say, I'll say it's a fair argument because yes, his injury history, you do have to factor in. And also you do kind of have to be, a little weary of um, of him, you know, not being as fast. And, yeah, you can rely on your hands. But, yeah, of course, the injury is mm-hmm. is a big-time factor, and he is older. But to me, it's, it's hard to deny how deniable he is. You know, how re- – how deniable? Yeah. See, I cannot talk. How reliable. <laughs> you should stop drinking, Drew. I know. <laughs> Cut me off, sir. Um, but I, you know, I am a lot higher on Greg Olson than I know a lot of people are, but I know what he can do when he is on the field. And so yeah. for me, that's why I can justify for me again, um, uh, top five for me. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally get it. I'm, I'm right there with you. I just couldn't do it again. Cause like what we just pointed out, the availability. So um, I'm going to move on to my number six because we've already talked about this player. I've got Darren Waller as my number six tight end for the upcoming Beast. season. He's, I'm glad he's in your top five. I, I will say that. No, he's, he's number six. Zach Ertz was number five. Imagine if I had Waller oh. ahead of Ertz, you would have, you would have flipped your computer over right now. Uh, no, cause you could, you, well, yeah, I might. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways, so a couple of things that like you've already talked about his speed, he's, he's big. Um, he's really hard to bring down, but when he is done with, you know, when he's caught up, when the defense has got him taking him down, he just goes down. He doesn't risk injury where most tight ends, they try to stand up tall and they end up breaking an ankle or a knee or something like that. So he's definitely smart in that aspect. Um, I am kind of concerned that his touchdowns are only at number two. I know that, uh, I think that's more on the coaching side though, where they've got to kind of draw up some more red zone plays to get him, you know, open looks or get him open in the end zone when it's needed. Cause he, I mean, he is their tallest tight end and you have to imagine there's not a linebacker or a DB that's as tall as him. So you not, you need to find a way to make plays to get him the ball over the top or, um, you know, just, you know, find the mismatch, you know what I mean? So, and he's got uh, really good speed for being a tight end. I agree. He's probably one of the fastest ones in the league. I imagine mm-hmm. like a couple of tight ends I might say are maybe faster as I would maybe argue that Ingram is a, a little bit faster. And I'd argue that maybe, um, you know, OJ Howard is maybe a little bit faster, but not by much. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, we're splitting hairs at that point. Uh, but honestly, I wouldn't want a freaky fast tight end. I don't want anybody that has like Tyreek style speed, but do I want someone that's very quick? Yes. And I think Waller is quick off the line and he's very, he's a very good route runner for being a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. one of the things that I worry about, which is why I have it at number six is this is his second season with the Raiders. Raiders are not known for, um, 
are not known for doing the same game plan twice in terms of, you know, when you have a really good player, you utilize them again or be more creative. So I'm hoping that John Gruden finds a way to still get Waller the ball. I hope Derek Carr is able to find it with, to him without forcing it. So if the defense doesn't give him that opportunity, you know, don't, don't try to force him in there, try to make him a play that he can't make or it's, or it's going to turn the ball over. I think that's one of the things I just want to make sure, um, you know, it doesn't happen. I think that's where I have Waller safely at number six for my ranking. I'll give you this. I don't, I don't think Darren Waller is going to have 90 catches again next year, no. especially with us getting a ton of receivers, yeah. uh, draft and uh, free agency. Uh, there's no way Waller is going to have 90 catches, but I think he's good enough to still make a huge impact. Mm-hmm. There's a possibility he could still get over a thousand yards. I'm not sure, but Hey, maybe if that yardage goes down, those touchdowns might go up. So, yeah. Um, you know, you never know. But sure. uh, a lot of the issue, too, with Waller with not having all those touchdowns is the reason they got down into the red zone a lot was because of Waller. Mm-hmm. So by that time, he was taken out because, you know, he needs oxygen or whatever. Right. And so at that point, everyone was focusing on, you know, the receivers or, uh, you know, forgetting about Foster Moreau because <laughs> it seemed like every time we went in the red zone, you knew Moreau was going to get the touchdown somehow, some way. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Number six for you, Drew. Uh, number six, I have Austin Hooper. Okay. Um, this guy is really good. Now, I know he's going to Cleveland, but uh, we had talked about, you know, Odell Beckham is on there, Jarvis Landry. Uh, David Njoku, I think, was a very underrated tight end, but he really didn't flourish uh, with Beckham and Landry being out there. I think he really declined, not in the sense of his athletic ability, but I don't feel like he was productive like he could have been. He was and also I injured. do feel like, I'm sorry, what? He was also injured. Yeah, yeah, and then he got injured, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I felt like he was a lot better with uh, Terod Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when uh, they threw in Mayfield, it really... I think Njoku really kind of downgraded in my opinion. Um, And so I like Austin Hooper. I think he's done nothing but been productive for Matt Ryan. And you could, you look at what the, um, what the Falcons had. I mean, they have Julio Jones. They had Calvin Ridley for a little bit. They had Muhammad Sanu uh, with Hooper. So, I mean, Hooper was, had a lot of productivity around him. So he was able to really step up. So I think I'm really high on him probably more than I should just because he is going to a different team. He is going to a different quarterback, a completely different quarterback than my, than uh, what Matt Ryan is. Mm-hmm. But the I would argue that the talent around Hooper uh, in the receiver position is almost the same or I would argue a little bit better. So I would I'm really interested to see how Hooper would do. And he's, he's a fairly decent uh, blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Browns are going to run a lot. But um, that actually, when you run a lot, that actually opens a lot of lanes for your tight ends. So um, I think Austin Hooper is going to have a, a really good year. So Hooper for me is number six. Nice. Um, Cody, who is seven for you? So number seven, I've got Jack Doyle of the Colts. I think that his value is going to go up. I've got Doyle. Well, Doyle you know where that's from, right? Yeah, happy. Um, uh, uh, Billy no, no, Madison. No, no. no, when he goes, Doyle. I'll tell you later. 
Go ahead. No, I'm remembering it now. I'm just. Uh, this was Jim Carrey. Yes, yes, uh, the mask. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Got it. You're the first person to ever get that. Oh man, that was my favorite movie. Anyway, so moving on, Jack Doyle for me is number seven because of Philip Rivers being with the Colts. Um, he utilized his tight ends a lot. You know, for example, if you've ever heard of a guy named Antonio Gates, he was, uh, you know, he he threw that guy the ball a lot, got him a lot of touchdowns. Uh, before um, Henry, uh, before Hunter Henry was injured, he got the ball a lot to Hunter mm-hmm. Henry, and even last season when Henry came back, basically the full season. Uh, or not the full season. I think the last eight weeks of the season, yeah. he yeah, got he him the later. ball a ton. So just for some perspective, uh, Rivers got Henry the ball again. This is I think he only did like I said eight games, and I will get the actual numbers here. Mm, no, it was about twelve games. So from was, weeks really week, it was twelve games. No, eleven. Excuse me. It was week six to week seventeen. Wow. Yeah, in those eleven games though. Mm-hmm kind of down on him now yeah in those 11 games he caught uh 652 uh receiving yards and five touchdowns from rivers again in shorter time than the majority of the tight ends that we've been talking about mm-hmm. but rivers loves his tight end so i think jack doyle and him are going to fit really well together um and also too in my opinion the division that they're going to be in is i wouldn't say weaker than the west but it's definitely going to be a little less competitive in my opinion. I definitely think the AFC West is a more challenging division in football than what people realize. And I think Phillip Rivers is going to love playing in, um, in the, uh, I think he's AFC South, if I'm not mistaken. With, that, mm-hmm. South is the Colts, right? Yeah. Um, I, really, I really think that Phillips is going to love playing in, in the AFC South, and he's going to be loving playing against those defense, and Jack Doyle is going to get a lot of the catches. Phillip Rivers. Loves his tight end almost as much as he loves having kids. I almost. mean, close it's to close. it. It's close. It is close. Really close. <laughs> Sorry. That man, couldn't, that man couldn't pull yeah. out of a driveway. <laughs> hey, that's risque for this show, Cody. <laughs> um, I have no quarrels with that. Um, I like Jack Doyle. Um, I think he was still, he was always the number one, even with Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. who was technically the number one, but I think Doyle was the guy who was the go-to. I mean, he had more catches than, than Ebron, for goodness mm-hmm. sakes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I like Jack Doyle, um, but I don't like Philip Rivers. So he's not in my top 10. Again, you can make the argument. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm not going to argue like I did with, you know, Gronk or anything, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I just, I think Rivers is a little is slowing down. Yes, it helps that they're in a dome, and you know he doesn't really have to worry about um, the crowd being, uh, you know, going for the away team versus the home team and all right. that. And uh, but I I do think he is long in the tooth, and I just you know I think he is going to go to Doyle a lot, no question. But I think a lot of people are going to know that, and um, you know. Uh, Honestly, if you're looking to draft people, I would I would argue look at T. Y. Hilton. T. Y. Hilton might um, might do some damage for the Colts. Uh, he always does, though. Yeah, and but he always gets injured. That's that's, that's his issue. That's a fact. Okay, uh, my number seven is Gronk, and um, I know I pretty much crapped on him, but I crapped on him because he was number three for you. 
Um, but Gronk for me is number seven because yes, he's got a lot of talent around him, so he doesn't have to do as much. But like what we talked about, Brady is going to be going to him because he is comfortable with him. Now, he's not going to have as many yards as he normally does. I don't think he's going to have as many catches, and I don't think he's going to have a lot of tight end, or tight ends. Touchdowns. Touchdowns. We're talking about tight ends. Um, but um, I do think Gronk, nonetheless, with him losing, he did lose a little bit of weight. Um, and he looks actually more muscular than he used to. Um, so I think what he's going to have to do is if he can learn how to go down when he's not going to win it, he should know, listen, I'm risking injury. I just need to go down. Honestly, he just needs to be uh, more skeptical about him breaking tackles. I think he needs to just get over the fact that, listen, I'm not what I used to be. I just need to go down. Uh, if he can do that, he can play all year. I think it's going to take him a little bit to um, get more involved in the offense. But I think when push comes to shove, you know, with game on the line, he's going to be out there definitely for Tom Brady. Um, and it's not that he retired because he was sucking. It was re he retired um, because he kept getting injured. So if he can get over the fact he can be, um, he can be very good. I just think with Mike Evans on one side, Chris Godwin on the other, you got Cameron Brait, who's a reliable tight end. You got OJ Howard, who's who's a a pretty uh, athletic tight end. Um, there's not a lot of catches to go around, and I don't think Gronk is going to outrun anyone, as we've seen him run, and it doesn't look great. So um, for me, Gronk is uh, number seven. Mm -hmm. So who's you your number eight? Number eight, I've got. This is a shocker because uh, he was definitely riddled with injuries all last season, but I've got Evan Ingram of the New York Giants. I think with uh, Daniel Jones going into a second year, they got a new offensive tackle to kind of protect him. Uh, obviously, I've got Saquon Barkley. The receiving uh, the receivers he has is one of the things I'm more questioning just because it's not a lot of weapons, but that means it's really good for um, Evan Ingram because even when Eli Manning was there, and uh, I remember the season Eli Manning had where uh, Odell Beckham was injured. They basically all the receivers were injured for a majority of the season. And Ingram, even being double teamed, again, like your argument with Zach Ertz, still found a way to get the ball. He's very fast. He's got good hands. My thing, though, and this is probably the argument that you're going to make, um, which is the same one I made about Olsen, is he's always injured. You know, he's either in concussion protocol. Uh, you know, he's got some sort of knee problem or, or something. He's a super talented Evan Ingram. Uh, super talented tight end, pardon me, but he's got to, in my opinion, I'm really high on him because I have high hopes for him because this offense for the Giants, especially in the NFC East, could be very good and entertaining, but my fear is that Evan Ingram is going to be the next Jordan Reed where he's got all this talent, but unfortunately he's injured yeah. and can never get back on the field. So um, not to be, not to be too short on that, but that's where I've got Evan Ingram. I think he's a super talented tight end. I have all the faith in the world in him. Uh, his injury is what I question. That's why I have him, uh, where I have him ranked. He's out of my top 10 because honestly, he's got some decent hands, but he does drop the ball quite a bit. And for me, I, I don't like guys like that. I don't like guys who, who pretty much at least have a drop a game almost. I mean, it, I don't think it was that bad, but um, it just seems like when a big when a big play is happening, he drops the ball, or 
you know, yes, he's getting injured, but I, he is a talented guy, but I just don't think he's as talented as, as the top 10 guys. I think he could be um, if he can stay healthy and stay on the field and, you know, uh, Daniel Jones steps up a little bit more. Um, but right now for me, Ingram is, is not in the top 10. Yeah. Um, for me, I have Hunter Henry at number eight. Uh, you, you touched on him a little bit. Hunter Henry, I like a lot. I think he's very talented. You could argue he's only had one quarterback, which was Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does get injured. Yes, but he is a talented guy. Um, and I think if you put Antonio Gates anywhere, he would have still been a very good tight end. Um, so I don't think it's a product of his quarterback. I really do think it's a product of him being that talented. And him being with the Chargers, you still have Mike Williams on one side, and then you have um, Keenan Allen. Um, yeah, um, Allen on the other side. So, you know, I think Hunter Henry is still going to be very productive. Uh, just like what you said with Taylor, uh, the issue is he's not the kind of guy who's going to, you know, thread the needle or, you know, try and try and make a play with his arm. If he doesn't feel like it's there, he's going to take off running. So mm-hmm. um, that's going to be an adjustment for Henry, and I'm not sure how well he's going to do it. So that's why. Uh, for me, he is number eight. Got it. I agree with all those points, especially the point with uh, Taylor. I think that's why I kind of left Henry off my top 10, um, which was actually really hard. I got to be honest, because he was, if I had like a top 11 list, he'd be number 11. But mm-hmm. again, just, you know, don't know how that offense is going to look with Taylor. Taylor's not known for throwing it down the field all that much. So, you know, a lot of question marks there. And that's why it was hard for me to put him in the top 10. Um, number nine for me, I have Austin Hooper. A lot of the things you talked about is, um, you know, he's got good hands, decent speed. Um, I really do think though, like what you were mentioning is he's got to fit in a lot better with this, uh, Browns offense, um, because the receivers are a lot more talented, obviously with OBJ and you got Landry on the outside corner on the outsides and Landry can slide into the slot and their running game is really good. So I think Hooper is going to improve on his blocking to where it's obviously going to open up the passing game, which, you know, if Hooper, you know, does really well in the blocking game for the run and they do that play action, he's going to be wide open almost every single time. And he's got the ability to bring down almost any throw. And I think Baker Mayfield um, is going to have a better season by how much. I don't know. I just don't, I just don't think he'll be as bad as he was last season because I really do think that the inexperienced coaching staff that they had last season made it super difficult for them to be prepared for even the most simplest of games. Cause I think I've heard it from Jarvis Landry in certain interviews and OBJ where they mentioned that they just were not prepared. They, you know, didn't have a very good, well thought out game plan for week to week against opponents. And they just were unprepared essentially every week going in there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the team is going to get as prepared as they can, but you need the coaching staff to really give you a game plan to really research, to really, you know, figure out what a team's uh, weaknesses are and give you a game plan there. You're going to trust. And when you've got veteran players that can't trust, the game plan and you're then you're relying on a second year quarterback to kind of you know win you the game when really he needs a lot of direction and you need a veteran kind of coach to get him there um I think this season's going to be a lot different I think Austin Hooper is going to be a pretty big focal point in that and yeah I like your argument with David Joku but because of his injury I think he's got it's going to be sort of like when the Patriots had um Gronk and Aaron Hernandez where they had that one-two combination where you know, one is technically the number one guy, but the other guy is also a legitimate number one guy. He just so happens to come in on with the second 
you know, yeah. on this, on the second plays or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Austin Hooper is going to have a, a pretty good season. Will he have one like Atlanta? Probably not because they were a lot, a lot of high flying offenses. They were together a lot longer, but I mm-hmm. do think Austin Hooper is going to make a, going to make a pretty big impact in, in uh, Cleveland. I think if Mayfield wants to have success, he's going to have to go to the tight end a lot more yeah. than what he does. He's not a guy who likes to go to the tight ends. He's a guy who likes to go to the receivers. And if you look at some of the best quarterbacks in the game, they really like to go to tight end. I mean, you look at Peyton Manning, for example, he always went to Dallas Clark. No one would argue that Dallas Clark, um, you know, is a Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, I guess maybe some people would, probably Colts fans, but Here's a better um, no example. One's... Julius Thomas, when he when the Broncos were when the oh, Broncos yeah. had Julian Thomas, he turned Julius Thomas into a Pro Bowler looking yeah, like Yeah, everyone all pro. was saying Julius Thomas is going to be the next Gronk. Right. Julius Thomas <laughs> goes to to uh the, the Jaguars, um the next free agency, falls off a cliff. You yeah. have after yeah. that, nothing else. So yeah, exactly. I mean quarterback the, play, it, to your point, makes a huge difference. And you look at Tom Brady now again, I'm not saying that Gronk couldn't do it on another team, but you look at Tom Brady, he really made a point to go to Gronk. He really made a point to go to Hernandez when he was there. He made a point that he wanted Ben Watson to stay in New England. Mm-hmm. And Ben Watson is is not great, but when he needed a when he needed to go to someone, he would go to Ben Watson. So, you know, a lot of the great quarterbacks they really you you gotta notice they go to the tight ends. Tight ends are their friend. And Aaron Rodgers, he actually throws to the tight ends a lot, but he just so happens to have Jimmy Graham, who doesn't have the greatest hands. So, (laughs) I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers when he was making a lot of his Hail Mary throws or, you know, the big time throws of Aaron Rodgers' career. I mean, he would throw it to Richard Rodgers. Where the hell is Rodgers now? I mean, he's nowhere. (laughs) You know, Aaron is still playing for the Packers. So, you know... You, that's my argument is if you want to be successful, you really need to utilize your tight ends. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Derek Carr had a great year because he really utilized and he finally had a tight end that he can really trust. I mean, you look at his MVP year where he could have won the MVP if he didn't break his leg against the Colts. Mm-hmm. Jared Cook was phenomenal. Yep. You look at Jared Cook now, he's still productive. I'm not saying he's not, mm-hmm. but Jared Cook isn't what, his numbers were with uh, the Raiders. Now with the um, Saints, he's not doing as much because, well, there's a guy named Michael Thomas on the Saints. So uh, Breeze is like, oh, I got to go over here. (laughs) But anyway, um, uh, my number nine, I know this is going to surprise you, but I have Tyler Higby. And Tyler Higby started the year as the number two tight end Mm -hmm. on the Rams. He was not even the number one. Um, that was going to, I had his name, Ger- Gerald Everett. Mm-hmm. And I remember because, um, Goff really, um, he really went to Everett, um, the Super Bowl year. Mm-hmm. So Everett was kind of like a, a go-to guy for him. So I was like, okay, you know, I really thought about going for Everett. And then all of a sudden you see this Tyler Higby guy and he had 69 catches, 734 yards. You know, he's averaging 10 yards, 10.6 yards a catch. I mean, that's, that's great. Mm -hmm. And you have a Brandon cooks who was God always had a concussion apparently every single game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robert Woods, for some reason, Goff wouldn't throw to him as much. And um, you know, uh, we all know about Todd Gurley, the, the issues that they had with him. So, Mm -hmm. 
you know, the Rams really kind of died down. But Tyler Higby really stepped up to the plate. And I think he is the reason why the Rams were still kind of a threat the whole year. Even though you kind of looked at the Rams and you were like, uh, they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. They were still in the running for a playoff spot towards the end. And then finally, um, you know, the last week, they, you know, obviously the, the Seahawks overtook it and, and all that. But um, the Rams. I still think that they're going to do great. Um, I think Goff likes to go to tight ends, and I think Higby really showed that he is a guy who he's going to get open no matter what, and he really worked at getting here. Um, that's why I like him over Mark Andrews mm-hmm. because he's a guy who, um, you know, on, on a team that there there was a lot of talent around him, but there was a lot of turmoil. Higby was a reliable guy. Higby was the guy who. Um, you know, I'll run a five-yard curl. I'll, you know, run a five-yard in. I'll run a two-yard in if you need me to. I'll run a tight end screen if you need me to. So um, I really like Higby. He does it all. And uh, he's actually a really good blocker as well. And I think that's an underrated part of the tight end position is um, tight ends who, who can block really. Um, if If you show that you can block, a lot of guys, a lot of coaches will scheme you um, in the offense where you get the ball a few more times. So for me, I, I really like Tyler Higby, and I think he's going to be a, a vital part of the Rams offense uh, this, this upcoming year. Got it. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a Tyler Haler, hater or anything like that, but I just think that the Rams offense kind of took a step back, not having cooks. They don't have Gurley now. Um, you know, I kind of feel like they got figured out last season when they didn't make the playoffs. I mean, they were competitive up to a point, and then that was pretty much it. And luckily, the Rams still have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. So hopefully that really works to his benefit. But I got to be honest, I'm not really that high on it because I think it was maybe like that one year, and I don't know if he can duplicate it because like what we keep arguing, there's now film on you. So, you know, I'm, I know that he's been with the Rams for a few seasons now, but I just – I. I just don't see that offense relying on him as the number one tight end consistently. Um, You know, so we'll see though. I know that they're going through a lot of turmoil. So that's my thing is that offense is now looking a lot different than it did just, you know, two short seasons ago when they were in the Super Bowl. So, Um, so I'm going to kind of start closing this out. And my number 10 is Eric Ebron of Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, He didn't have a phenomenal season last year by any means. And because again, our point was Jack Doyle was the number one guy, even when he was successful, uh, about two seasons ago, but I really like Eric Ebron at the number 10 spot because of the team that he signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, um, uh, when he wasn't injured, uh, you know, would, li- would, uh, rely on, uh, Van McDonald. Uh, and before then he had his, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on, on the tight ends name that he had for all those years. Oh my gosh. Oh, um, and you know who uh, I'm talking about too. Yeah, <laughs> um, he was kind of like their equivalent to Jason Witten, but I thought I felt like he was a little faster. Oh my god, I can't believe I can't yeah. think. Of it. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna think of it when it's not even when it's meaningless at this point. But anyways, um, but anyways, Ben Roethlisberger likes his tight ends, and I really do think that he's gonna utilize um, he's gonna utilize Eric Ebron a lot. And Eric Ebron, um, I wasn't very high on him when he um, was at uh, when he was in Detroit because first round pick. He didn't see a lot of action. Um, he wasn't really catching the ball very well, so it was very odd to 
it was very odd to see that he wasn't even, you know, a productive first round player. So when he went to the Colts, it was basically like a resurgence. And mm-hmm. from then he's actually turned it around a lot to where he was a huge red zone threat. Um, and even uh, now I really think that he's going to be a really good focal point for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Uh, and especially I think Pittsburgh is going to want to go down the field with uh, Smith Schuster. And I really think that in the red zone, Ebron is going to get quite a few touches. And I think uh, big men is going to rely on him quite heavily in the passing game, especially in short yardage plays. Um, and that's why I've got him at number 10. But again, I'm splitting hairs here because honestly, Hunter Henry can easily go number 10. Um, you know, I even had Greg Olson as a potential number 10. So, I mean, Eric Ebron, in my opinion, just to set up for better success with the team he's on. I didn't have Ebron mentioned at all because he has issues with drops. Even when he was with the Colts, he had issues with, uh, with drops. And he's a huge red zone threat, there's no question. I used to actually draft him in fantasy football when he was with the Lions because with Matthew Stafford, he always had a great week one and week two and sometimes week three. So I would start him three straight weeks, and then I basically benched him until you know I really needed him again, and, and he did okay. But um, Ebron to me is a guy that he's a great red zone tight end. Um, he's really good in the beginning, but he kind of dies out towards the end. Um, and he has a lot of injuries too. That's his other issue for me. Um, so, you know, I, it was hard for me to, to even mention him. My number 10 is Mark Andrews. Um, like I said, I think he's, he's a very productive guy. Um, you cannot deny his 10 touchdowns, obviously. I mean, he, he was a big part of the Ravens offense. I want to see him do more. I want to see him get open himself, not just from scheme. I want to see him position himself in a way that only great tight ends do. Um, and, um, you know, with Lamar Jackson on his side, I I assume he's obviously going to have catches, Mm -hmm. but I want to see. Honestly, I want to see what he can do with more catches, but with less yards and see how he handles that. That's what I really want to see is when you have a lot of yards, that means you're open a lot or you're just, you know, the quarterback, you know, threw a dime to you on a streak, you know, and I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm also with tight ends. I like to see more receptions versus more yards. And so that's for me that he's my number 10 because I want to see more. I want to see what he can do this next year. Now, if he has a phenomenal year again, we'll come back here and I'll say, Cody, you were right. He was a great tight end. But for now, I am going to be down. I'm going to be very cautious on him because I don't see what I see from all these other tight ends that we mentioned. But there is no way you can deny that he should be on the top 10 because of the numbers that he had this last year. So for me, um, I wanted to put Kyle Rudolph there, but with Kirk Cousins, you can't. I think Kyle Rudolph is so underused with Mm -hmm. the Vikings. I think he could be so much more. I mean, even if he were used like Eric Ebron is used, I think he would have more success. But, you know, I I just feel like – with the numbers that Rudolph puts up, you, you you just you couldn't put him over. You couldn't put him in the top ten. Just 
I think he's a top 10 talent, but you know, there's no way. So Mark Andrews for me is my number 10. Gotcha. By the way, that uh, Pittsburgh Steelers tight end that we couldn't think of Heath Miller. Heath Miller. Holy crap. How could we not think of that? Peace. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm good. Are you good? No, I still have a lot of issues with you, but you know, I guess we have to end. We've been going at this for a while and, uh, my wife is, is not happy. <laughs> All right, no, go ahead. just kidding. She's not even looking at me. <laughs> All right, well, go ahead and close this out. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, hey, I go. I hope you guys liked it. Um, I hope you like that. I was arguing with Cody. I did that guy. I did that for you because usually I just shrug it off and just say that's Cody. But you know, I've been I've been getting told mainly by uh, my uh, brother-in-law that I need to argue with you a little bit more. <laughs> so uh he was he was upset that I wasn't more upset about your receivers so uh you know I needed to step up my game so this one's for you Diego uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of fake feelings over there huh <laughs> no it definitely wasn't fake i was i was very i felt very very angry about the whole thing but we'll, we'll talk about it later <laughs> okay sounds good so thank you guys so much uh hey guys everyone please stay safe um you know i know things are starting to open but you know use your brain uh think of others obviously still continue to wash your hands please don't ever stop that even when this is gone please continue to wash your hands um you know give a big shout out to uh all the uh, first responders and medical workers out there uh, definitely huge thank you to all of you. Uh, hopefully you guys get to go home and see your family soon. Uh, we definitely pray for that. Um, but uh, if you guys want to listen to all of our content, that would be Drew Code Sports Talk and also uh, Two Bays in a Pod. Uh, go to DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. Um, it has all of our stuff on there, social medias. If you have any questions or have a topic that you want us to talk about please uh, message us on that it would be great uh we we'd love to hear it and we'd love to answer it right here on the podcast um i think i've covered just about everything cody any final thoughts Mm, nope Mm, just echoing everyone be safe we're gonna get through this together uh, don't forget to rate and review all uh all reviews or any ratings are greatly appreciated and uh yeah don't forget to submit topics or questions like drew said we've got them on the website so we hope to hear them great i'm glad that you didn't just say nope because i wouldn't <laughs> have been mad at you they wouldn't we would have had another argument <laughs> that would thank be- you guys thank you guys so much we appreciate all the love and support we'll see you next week <laughs>